Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, a one-shot, actual-play, role-playing game podcast. My name is Merrick Moyer. I'm the Dungeon Master, Storyteller, Lore Master, and All-Around Host. Every month, I run a one-shot using a different system, pulling in a different cast of players. All intellectual properties, including game materials, setting material, music, and whatever else, are used without permission. None of them are ours. We're just using them to enhance our gameplay. But an extra special thank you to Hayden Lister for letting us use his song Rediscovery as our intro. Check out more of his music at ReverbNation.com slash Hayden Lister. H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-I-S-T-E-R. Also, please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK and on Instagram at SkyhammerPress. If you want to run your own games and need a few ideas, check out our social media Roll D4 Adventure prompts. And if you pledge a dollar a month at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress, you get four full adventure seeds on every Roll D4 adventure. Okay, uh, yeah, last time, the three of you... Benita, Winda, and Eljal went to the flying city of Imian... At the behest of your employer, Feathershawl, the Moonshadow Elf. Feathershawl brought you in to acquire a lost artifact from this city that has been floating for centuries. And they said that it was abandoned and you were there to scavenge. When you arrived on the city, you discovered that there was, in fact, a living Sky Elf population. Um, After a little bit of chatting with them and seeing the impending disaster, particularly hastened by some additional strange magics, you followed your employer Feathershawl through the city and eventually into a library, down into a basement, And then that's when the island crashed into a mountain. So in uh, our notebook, the only thing that's written down is Feathershawl, and it's circled. (laughs) That's the important important details. It is a new session, so everybody gains a plot point. Yeah, yeah. Anybody have any notes before we start? Just that I forgot we'd crashed into the mountain. That was how we ended. Yeah. I remember I was eating a sandwich and you, then we you, crashed. You still have it. I I bet I do still have that sandwich. I just remembered I have a French accent that I need to practice again. We just got to the, the sun elves. The sunfire elves. Yeah. With I love accents. them. I love their style. Everything's gold. It's beautiful. I love their swords so much. Okay. So, the island crashes into the mountains. There's a massive... A boosh! And everything above you starts to fall apart. Stones fall down uh, upon you. There's dust everywhere. And 
as you're sort of looking around covered in rocks, you see the large feather-headed chicken poke its head down the stairs at you and then trot down and climb up onto the rubble that has buried you and it picks at somebody's hand. Hey, little chicken, please help Dinner's us. eating my sandwich. No, he's, he's not dinner. He is my chicken. All right. Everybody needs to succeed at a, an easy test to... Uh, oh, sorry. A challenging test to extricate yourselves safely from the fallen debris. So the difficulty is 2d8 that I'm going to roll right now. Uh, it's a 12. Ooh, that's kind of tough. And so you can explain how you're going to get yourselves out. I'm just looking at my stats. Should, should we roll and then explain? So depending on how the roll goes. That's true. I just mean you can pick the uh, the various stats that you would be using. So okay. as Oh, you're ready to go? I'm ready to go. So I am want to use one of my distinctions. Ooh, ooh, do I? You, you always have to use one of your distinctions. Oh, but I, mm, oh. So a quick reminder on the rules. You pick one of your attributes, one of your values, one of your dis, uh, distinctions, and then you can apply any specialties or assets that also uh, work. I was getting confused because they have the hinders too. And then under my hinders, I also have specific text that I can like access. Do you have to use the hinder every time you use the distinction? No. So the hinder is something that you choose to do. So if you say, because I have fickle luck, this is harder for me to get out of your D eight turns into a D four, but then you're immediately awarded a plot point. So, right, but I could say I have fickle luck, so I get out with the D8? No, 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 no. So vice versa. Um, you can use... Well, okay, yes. What you said was correct, but your tone made me say no. So <laughs> let me try that again. You have fickle luck at a D8, which means you can somehow get out and be very lucky doing it. Or... You can say that your luck is bad, and you turn your luck from a D8 into a D4, but get a plot point for it. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I assume fickle luck was always bad, but it can be good. That is cool. So I'm going to use my strength. I'm going to use my mastery, because I've mastered, like, staying calm and staying focused under pressure, so I'm not panicking. I am going to use my fickle luck to, you know, get lucky and maybe be under less rocks. And I'm going to use my strategy to just strategically move the rocks in a way that takes the the least effort to escape. I would say strategy makes more sense if you're using intellect, but it is the exact same die size as your strength. That is legit. And I'm going to use my brains, not my brawn. Because everything else I described was kind of brainy. So if that's cool with you. Yeah. So then you grab all of those dice, roll them, pick two uh, to get greater than 12. 
And then I do something with the third one, right? Uh, not in this case. In this case, uh, since it's just a test, your effect die isn't very important. Sweet, then I got a 15. Success. How do you get out with your... Well, you've basically described it, but you do it successfully. How? how? Yeah, I... Um, so I take, like, I count um, five chicken sippolies. Um, I, I count five heartbeats. And then I start slowly wiggling what I can move and feeling what has the most give. And slowly doing that, I start moving rocks off as I go. Nice. Okay, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay, so Winda's going to use her awareness so that she can figure out the best way to climb out of the rocks. And Liberty, because nobody can hold me down. Because I'm a Delbarian. And then um, also Trailblazing Hunter. Because, you know, hunters probably have fast moving skills in case rocks fall. Also, I have a climbing specialty. Can I use that here? Yeah, I would say a climbing specialty. You've probably, as, as a hunter, been in rock slides before. So you have some experience? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that means I get to roll four dice, which is exciting. Nice. I got a 15. You got an eight. And you're looking at the wrong one. Anyways, and um, I guess a D10's my effect die. Yeah, and since this is just a simple test, we're not worried about the effect die. But uh, you beat the 12, which means you succeed in climbing your way out without any uh, pain or injury. Noise! You wrestle your sandwich back from the chicken. (laughs) It's not gone, though. I'm really sad about it. It was already started to be eaten. Remember, that was a half-eaten sandwich already. Now it's like a quarter of a sandwich. Plus the... Plus the... Yeah, the big bite. You're gonna starve to death. (laughs) Yeah, so Eljaw is going to use his uh, strength, and uh, I'll go with Mastery and Moonshadow Elf to uh, push his way out of the rubble. Doesn't really have a lot of special things for this kind of thing. Yeah, and he gets a 12 with a D8, so is that exactly enough? You have to exceed the difficulty. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I can uh, step up. Oh, yeah. So you can spend one plot point to add one of your additional dice into that, or you can save your plot point and just take a d6 of stress. Six of stress. No, oh, I'll take a d6 of stress. Yeah. So we're gonna put a d6 of. Um. Yeah. Let's put a d6 of injured. And what is this sort of minor injury that you've suffered? Well, I'm uh, underneath the rock that the chicken's standing on. It's a, a pretty big one. So as I'm trying to push it up, this uh, chicken's not having a good time. And then it slides back down and uh, pin, pins him again until he can get out. 
Mm, so just kind of like scrapes and bruises from the heavy rock sort of thing? Yeah, he doesn't get out gracefully. Like he just gets out and then it shifts back in. Okay. And uh, as you all sort of dust yourselves off and begin to take stock of what's going on, you see that Feathershawl has uh, lifted themselves out with uh, some sort of the anti-gravity moon type magic that they have shown so far. And uh, they dust themselves off, look around and say, well, it does seem like we've collided with the mountain, but good news I can see the base of the tower, so this should be easier. And uh, they begin to cast their magic again, and the bricks begin peeling away from the wall and uh, sort of burrowing in to the base of the keep underneath the ground. And uh, Eljaw's going to say, I, it seems to me that we could have uh, waited for this thing to crash first instead of being on it when it did. Oh... Uh, that certainly could be, could have been a, an option, but I doubt that this island is going to last here much longer. I expect we've only got 15, maybe 30 minutes, and then the whole thing will come falling down the side of the mountain. So let's hop to it. Are you hear that, chicken? Let's go. <laughs> because your predictions were so accurate before. <laughs> not every oh I, I went French there not everything can be predicted with absolute certainty we got to roll with it but no problems we're getting in right now and then as uh, their magic is pulling these stones away they sort of hit the ground behind them and then start sort of scuttling toward you. The rocks? The bricks of the base of the tower leap up and fly towards you. Tiny little mouths, like um, like the bricks themselves open up into stone-like teeth and reach for you. I hate this. Are these like brick crabs? Like brick golems. <laughs> and uh, Feathershawl says, Oh, there's a bit of traps in here. Watch yourselves. I don't like them. I don't know if you know that, but Mignetta does not like them. All right. Um, the Maw Stones uh, spring to life and float towards you. You'll have to explain how you uh, pry them off or get through them. Difficulty is a 10. I want to shoot my crossbow because that hasn't happened yet. Okay. Okay. So I think that that would be awareness because I'm like aiming. And then mastery because it's one of my survival skills. And then being a hunter. And then under hunter, it says that if I spend a plot point, I can double my awareness when aiming at a distant target or spotting something far off. I guess this isn't really far off, though. So it probably doesn't count. So never mind. Yeah, they're pretty close. Darn. Okay, I won't do that. Okay, and then my crossbow. I need a lot of dice. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, D8. Nice. I need a... Yeah. 
How many? Another D8? I and mean, then... Three D8s and a D10. <laughs> okay, good thing we got three. <laughs> I'm just looking up. I want to double check that awareness is used for ranged attacks. It seems likely because of your SFX, but let's just double check because I thought that all attacks were uh, agility. Yeah, agility, your hand-eye coordination. Use this when you need to fight, sneak, aim, or balance. Awareness is your ability to perceive your surroundings and other people. Use this as you pay attention to the world around you. I'd say that it needs to be an agility. Okay, that's fine. Then I don't need this one. I just have to roll one of these d8s twice. So so one of the d8s was a one that got re-rolled. So I think that's a special rule. But what's the one mean? It's like a a hiccup? It's called a hitch. Right. What does the hitch mean? A hitch means I can uh, give you a plot point to activate it and create a consequence for you. Oh, it's not the Will Smith movie. Just switching the music. So you just rolled the the one one? Just the one one. The rest were much better numbers. Okay, and then so what's the total of your uh, pool? Or, I mean, what did you beat the 10? I got a 13. And a nice. D8 effect, I guess. And a, yeah, D8 effect. Okay, so then what we're going to do is you gain a plot point. Okay. And can you describe to me how you draw your crossbow out and fire at this brick that's snapping towards you with a maw? Okay, so I, I pull my crossbow out from behind my back, and I'm trying to aim, but the chicken's on my foot. So I just kind of <laughs> kick it really hard, and it makes a big squack! And then I shoot the crossbow, and it goes right into two different bricks, because it bounces off. What Ooh. is your problem with the chicken, ma'am? All right, I'm going to say that um, your frustration with this chicken always being in your space has led to a complication, a D6 stress of angry. That sounds about right. Chicken I'm pretty angry. angry with this chicken. Ugh, this just this just solidifies my um, my understanding of humans. And. Uh, Feathershawl, as you're all fending off these stones, Feathershawl is pushing forward through and has revealed a um, a small hallway and is walking deeper into the base of the keep. So they just leave us to fight the bricks? Yeah, they're like batting bricks away uh, as they can, but they're they're like landing behind them. What a twat. Well, I guess we were hired for this, technically. <laughs> Quiet logic. Let me irrationally hate people for just acting like they're going to act. <laughs> okay, so who uh, fights off bricks next at a difficulty 10? I'm looking at you, Tyler. Yeah, Eljol's going to use his uh, probably strength for using like a melee attack, right? Or would it be agility? Uh, agility is attacking strength is feats of strength like lifting and shoving okay so yeah so he's going to use agility and mastery so uh, that's 2d10s and then uh, probably 
I'm not homesick assassin. Yeah, I'll use uh, Moonshadow Elf. And then I have a thing, Elf Grace, spend a plot point to step up your agility die for a test, contest, or challenge factors. So when I step up a die, what does that do? Does that change it from like D8 to D10? Correct. But I don't think that this is necessarily elven speed or balance. Yeah. So I don't think it counts. I was just curious. Oh, yeah, sorry. it's it's um I mean it could be speed if you were dodging out of the way rather than attacking them. So depending on the way that you want to uh narrate it. Yeah, and I get to use my elven sword stuff. Using your Oh yeah, so uh is that oh that is six or nine. That's a six. Yeah, so 16 with a D10 effect. Woo! Uh, 16 is more than enough. And then again, uh, effect die on a test is not super important. It's on contests and challenges that we start to check those. This, succeed or fail, you did, and you did great. (laughs) Right, so uh, Eljol's going to kind of dust himself off, and he's got a bit of a scrape from his... uh, Failure to climb out of the rubble. So he's going to... Does that That, affect me? It does. It didn't. So what it does is it allows me to roll an additional die against you. So I would have rolled 3d6. But I ended up rolling um, the same as one of the dice. So it didn't change the the amount. So this... Yeah, so you rolled 2d6 and got 12. Nice. Yeah. No, uh, in this case, it was a 10 that you needed to beat. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah. I got a 6 and a 4, and then when I remembered to roll the extra die for injured, I got another 4. Nice. Yeah, so Eljol's going to, uh, yeah, dust off and then pull out the staff, do another cool spin, trying to look like the coolest member of the group. And, (laughs) And as two blocks come from either side, he's going to smash one and smash the other. And then he's going to look over at the chicken that was just kicked over and say, what do you think of that there, you little one? And the chicken, like, squawks, turns its head, and then starts to stalk towards the sandwich, which is now lying on the rocks. Yeah, you get yours, chicken. <laughs> okay, and then Jen, how do you uh, fight off the maw stones? I have a question. Yeah. When do we always oh, spend... PPs. <laughs> we spend power points? Plot points. Plot points to use our descriptions and our distinctions. Is that correct? Um, so your distinctions have those special effects. The things that are italicized. Some of them cost plot points. So I'm looking at yours. Yeah, I only have one. It's under uh, the Knights of Lux. Yeah, so Stalwart, which is, for people listening, spend a plot point to step down all of your stress dice after you succeed at a contest with a foe. So my question is, what else do we use plot points for? Um, You can spend a plot point to add a d6 asset. You can... um, I have the list. Let Let me just pull that up. What about, like, outside of encounters, I guess, and tests? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, here we go. Okay. So, like we said for Stalwart, one of the things that you can do with a plot point is activate your special effects. You can create a temporary asset. So, you're like, uh, oh, among these rocks, I found... A chicken. A chicken, and the chicken is going to be narratively important in the next thing. Like, you say, I'm going to spend a plot point, and the chicken is my friend for this scene. And as I fight off the rocks, the chicken is going to help me fight off the rocks. And then you get a d6 on all of your pools. Um, You can include more results. So after you roll, you can spend a d6 and add a third die, or spend another... uh, Spend a plot point to add a third die spend another plot point to add a fourth die and increase your total. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes Jen, sense. You're not, are you frozen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, my brain was putting it together. Yeah, so like you roll four dice and you normally only add two together. You can spend a plot point to add a third. Yeah. Uh, you can spend a plot boy point to keep an extra effect die. So... Um, in a contest, when you're like stopping things from happening, you could uh, like you could set a fire and get people out of the house at the same time by having two effect dice. Uh, you can spend a plot a plot point to share an asset, so the assets on your uh, character sheet or that chicken that we created before, they are only usable by you unless you spend a plot point to open them up for every other player in the scene. And when I roll a one, you can spend a plot point to step down uh, stress or uh, give um, or step up an existing asset. So you can say that um, Merrick rolled a one, so the chicken is a D8 now. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so I'm breaking bricks, baby. I'm going to use my agility because I'm going to do hand to hand combat with my uh, Sunforged Blade. Ooh, pretty. Yeah. So it's agility. I'm going to use mastery again because I've mastered my sword. I'm going to use sword play. I'm going to use my Sunforged Blade. But I am going to hinder myself with Fickle Luck to gain one plot point. So I'm switching that out for a D4. Nice. I like it. I like seeing the hinder used. I also should have gotten a D4 ready. I was miming throwing one at you, but you weren't looking. I'm sorry, I was too busy panicking. So that's a <laughs> D8 for agility, a D8 for mastery, a D4 for fickle luck, a D6 for sword play, and a D8 for sunforge play. It's a lot of dice. And so you will gain your plot point after this roll. You can't use the new one on this roll. That makes a lot of sense. really oh no okay 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 i thought on my uh black life matters my black lives matters dice the seven looks a lot like a one uh so that is a 15 all right easily a success any ones uh how about two ones okay so your fickle luck 
Um, you, why don't you narrate how you beautifully cut these stones with your cool sunforge blade? I want to do it very like I've just unsheathed my sword and then I sheathe my sword, but in the unsheathing, I cut the bricks in half. Nice. So the sword comes out and then snaps right back in and the, the, uh, Bricks all fall down to the ground. Un- yeah. Unfortunately, one of them lands right on your foot. Can I still try to look cool? I was I was gonna play that as uh, your fickle luck was. Um, you get an insecure stress die because you yes. don't look cool. Did anybody see that? Do I still look cool? Uh-huh. And it's very much like that thing in the show where, like, it's a beautiful stance and then the rock hits your foot and you're jumping around going, oh, ah, ooh, ah. I was picturing, like, the eyes getting really big and they're, like, shaking, but, like, trying to stand still and cool and like, <laughs> and then maybe jumping around. Love it. Very good. So, so sorry, what D on my uh, insecure? Yeah, so that's the next thing. You gain a plot point because I'm going to activate the first hitch which is a D6, but then you had the second hitch, which will step up the insecure into a D8. Cool. I could also, my other option was to give you two plot points and say you get a D6 of insecure and a D6 of injured, but... Well, that do... seems better, just in general. I for like you, it. not for me. For <laughs> me, that's worse, so I'll take the D8, thank you. We're insecure, injured, and uh, angry. <laughs> Everybody's getting real frustrated. These bricks really did a number. Okay. And so remember that for roleplay purposes. I like that. That's what I, I'm interested in this stress system. Um, okay. So Feathershawl has stepped forward, and the bricks no longer appear to be moving. Do you follow them through the hallway, or perhaps abandon your mission and go check on on the uh, on the city folk? I follow them down the hallway. I look over at the chicken, and it's eating like the last little bits of crumb of the sandwich, and I'm like, oh, for goodness' sakes, I'm so hungry. And then I look at the chicken, and it squawks, and then kind of scuttles back a bit while I follow you down the hallway. Question? Yeah, question? Can I use a plot point? Yes, what would you like to do? I would like to have another sandwich in my pack that I can give to uh, Katie. Sorry, what's your character's name again? Winda. To Winda. Sure. Uh, So you can spend a plot point and pull that out. Um... That'll be an asset that you're creating for your friend. I think that works. Just trying to step through all the rules. Yeah, for sure. Tyler, what's your character's name again, too? Oh, Eljal. Eljal? Eljal. There's an L at the end. (laughs) There's three A's and four L's. There's two A's and Two L's. No, there's only one L. Oh, I was going to spell it phonetically. I just was wondering. So it's Eljal. Yeah. yeah. I, Eljal. Okay. So, yeah, you can create an asset and you can assign it to yourself or somebody else. 
It's an advantageous bonus for a test contest or challenge and lasts for as long as the test contest or challenge lasts. So in what context? Okay, so let's do this. Jen, keep your plot point for now. Okay. You've pulled some food out and you've handed it over and it's role play, but it's not story significant yet. When we get into a challenge, you can say that sandwich is story significant. And during like a climactic battle, uh, window could be taking bites of a sandwich, which ups her morale. I was thinking I might down her anger a bit. Mm, so that sort of thing is a recovery role. Which um, you just might not have the time for right now as Feathershell steps forward. That's quickly. fair. I just figured uh, when I was hangry. Okay, so during any scene in which your character spends most of the time sleeping, resting, or otherwise taking care of themselves, all of your stress dice step down by one. At the end of every session, all of your stress dice also step down by one, unless the narrator decides there's some reason for the stress to persist, such as ending the session on a cliffhanger like we did last time. You can also recover stress dice in other ways, usually by seeking out somebody or something to step them down more. Activating one of the narrator's hitches lets you step down a stress die by one. Other characters can attempt to recover your stress by making a test against an opposition pool based on difficulty dice equal in size to the stress die being recovered. If they succeed, compare their effect die to your stress die. If it's larger, your stress goes away. If it's equal to or less, your stress steps down by one. Stress can't go lower. Okay, okay, okay. So what we could do is that last like big chunk of thing and Jen, you could roll like a hospitality roll with us with with the um, uh, the asset of the sandwich added in. Okay, so I don't have hospitality, but this would give me hospitality. Yeah, like I'm I'm just making up words. Hospitality, like I think you're hungry. Have this sandwich. This is too realistic. And I still need to choose all the categories. Yes, and then the difficulty, uh, your angry is a d6, so I'm going to roll 2d6. So, Jen, you'll have to beat a 10. Woof, that's going to be hard. Okay, I'm rolling my influence, because I'm trying to influence her, which is a 6. I'm just going to roll my truth, which is also not very strong. It's a six, but I'm telling her the truth. She is hangry. And then I am going to use my fickle luck on the good side to try to luck out this roll. And then also a d6 from the sandwich. Yeah! Oh no! And a beat a ten? Yep. I'm sorry, you're still angry. I got an eight. Oh, not quite enough. Um, the sandwich. Oh, and I rolled two ones. Oh no. Okay. Um. Was it like maybe, a really spicy sandwich? Like, like maybe you're allergic. <laughs> like, Sunfire elves would use a lot of like hot, spicy stuff, though. Eh? That's true. Yeah. It might be something great, but that's not yeah. to everyone else. Not for humans. There's no meat. You get really mad. It's a vegetarian sandwich. Okay, so what I'm gonna do, Jen, I am going to be so nice to me. 
I'm going to give you two plot points. One steps up your insecure to a D10 because the sandwich didn't go well. And then the second plot point steps the sandwich down. So the sandwich no longer exists. It cannot be used as a story thing anymore. Oh, no, wait, that would have happened anyways because it only lasts for the one test. But that means I get four, I get to go up two plot points? Yeah, if I give you two consequences, then it will. Because I don't want to put your insecure to a 12. That'll get you really close to taking, like, stressing you out and taking you out of a scene. So I'm going to say that uh, you get a little angry. I was going to say I get angry at the human for turning their nose up at my very generous gift. Maybe I didn't turn my nose up. Maybe the chicken just took it. Like, like jumped up. You you take a bite and the the sunfire spices are not to your to your liking and you're just sort of gently putting it down kind of trying to confi- and then the chicken <laughs> So what kind of anger dice do I take? Six? A a D6, yep. I feel like we're very quickly emotionally falling apart here. Yeah, this has been a very trying ten minutes of the mountain crashing, things falling on you, Feathershaw not really being interested. Rock and roll? All right, so you step forward. Oh, what happened? Oh, I see. You step forward into a large open chamber. Uh, there's sort of weave-like designs on the walls, uh, building towards columns with arches between them, all in like sort of grays and blues. The floor is this uh, crisscrossed, uh, swirling pattern of stones. In the middle of the room, there is what appears to be a crystal well, and floating above it, a massive bluish gray stone formation that has these eddies of whitish energy swirling around it. Feathershawl stands nearby, sort of inspecting what you expect to be the uh, the stone that you have come to find. And to the right of the room, there is a staircase that arcs along the wall and leads up to a wooden door through which you can see some light. And if you go to the Discord chat, you can see it. Shortly. There we go. Yeah, in MDA one-shots. Ooh, it's pretty and swirling. Ooh. Spooky, glowing room. Spooky, pretty, same thing. And Feathershawl is um, muttering under their breath, saying, Oh, yes, very powerful indeed. Not not certain how exactly to approach, but I could go from over here, or um, perhaps I could pull this in. I, well... If it's glowing, I'd think it would be uh, something magical and powerful, eh? Aye, this is the primal well. This holds the island up 
and we can tap into its magic to help the uh, Moonshadow Elves in my enclave. Can we tap into the magic to help the people that live on this island? Alas, no. There's no sort of steerage. They've just been floating on winds for centuries. It just, it just brings you up. It doesn't move you away from mountains. So, pardon, but you knew that this would keep the island afloat, and if you moved it away, the island would sink, and you were okay with that? Well, the island was going to crash into this mountain either way. No one could survive on this island. It's about to disintegrate. Right, but if you would have removed it before it hit the mountain, then it would have just fallen off before the mountain, further to the ground. Yes? And, like, punctuating this conversation is like a, an earthquake-like tremor as things are falling away. And Feathershall says, well, there's not supposed to be any people here anymore. They knew that they were going to hand it, slam into a mountain. They should have left. You are the worst. And I'm going to go check out the door. And I'm walking away muttering, like, there's a literal worst. Just a despicable... Um, and as you begin to sort of head towards the door, it slams open and a floating set of silvery gray armor with uh, black wings floats through towards you. Rad. Trying to get it to the Discord chat. Why won't this work? Okay, here we go. Oh my gosh, I just figured out how to do French accent. You were doing it great. Speak like yeah. Lafayette. <laughs> Monsieur Lafayette. So, uh, you can see in the Discord chat, it's like this floating set of armor, like the, the chest piece, the breastplate, uh, the arms, and um, the arms have sort of grasping gauntlets, no weapon, uh, and then wings that are just sort of held tight. Two of these float in and sort of move menacing to menacingly towards you. And behind them comes Nossix, the old sky, um, sky elf mare. And he's done up in this ornate blue glowing breastplate. He sounds rad. <laughs> See, I, I yes. didn't think he here to help us, did he? And he he looks around and he says, You thieves! You've come in to steal the primal well! Well, off with you then! And uh, he moves down to, uh, I guess, confront Feathershawl and the, the floating armors come towards you. What do you do? I want to do a convince roll. Okay. So. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, what are you trying to do? I want to say, uh, actually, I uh, do not think we support uh, 
this feather shawl in their conquest, uh, that you believe that you, you should uh, you should arrest them. Uh, we will help you. Okay. Um, and so there's no need to sort of convince. He just sort of looks at you and says, you've had a change of heart. Well, we didn't actually know anyone was here. We tried to convince Feather Shroll several times that this might be stealing. And they kept saying, oh no, it's not stealing. Oh, it's definitely stealing. And Feathershaw says, No, there wasn't supposed to be anybody here. Anybody smart would have evacuated long before you slammed into a mountainside. And Nossick says, My people were ready to go as soon as we got close to the mountain. There were plans in place, and now I'll be taking my primal stone with my people. I mean, I have no problem with that. That makes sense to me. Um, I don't know how do you feel, uh, Winda and Eljal. Well, I've had it up to here with this bloody feather shawl and his BS, so I'm with the feathered knight guys. Feathershawl and their BS. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. All good. And so Feathershawl, looking a little bit desperate, says, I've been double-crossed! And reaches out for the stone. Does anybody try to stop them? Yes. Winda's gonna pull out her crossbow real quick, like. Okay. And shoot it towards his hand. Can use a plot point somehow? I might use a plot point. All right, so let's see. They normally... Yeah, it's um, still trying to wrap my head around these systems and whatnot. But uh, they are going to be initiating this role as a catalyst. And so, let's see. Grabbing the stone quickly before anybody can stop them. Feathershaw will take the catalyst die and single-mindedly acute for distinction. And the... uh, Probably liberty value. And that is all they get. So, rolls first. Ooh, that is massive. So in this place, this is a contest. Now we are doing the back and forth, back and forth. And um, Winda has said that she is going to stop this from happening. So Feathershaw got a 16 with a D8 effect die. Ooh, okay. So they reach out quickly... Uh, sort of darting forward to grab the primal well. What do you do? Okay. So I think for Winda, it's going to be an agility roll because she's trying to aim quick. Um, And justice because she's trying to be on the right side of things. Love it. That's perfect. Right. And then also using her hunter skills 
and her crossbow. Oh, she's actually going to shoot Feathershaw? Well, in the hand. Not like, not not kill them. Just, you know, clip their hands so they don't grab it. Okay. I can spend a plot point, right? It only gets you to 15 if you add in a dice, though. Oh, no. It's probably not going to work. No, because I... 7 and... 7, 4, 4. That's 11. Yeah, so if I roll another dice... If I spend the plot point, what dice do I get to roll for it? You only get to add one of your already rolled dice in. Yeah. Got it. So it'd be like 15, yeah. So it'd only be 15. Can, can you spend more than <sighs> one? Can I spend two plot points? You can. You can spend two plot points and add two fours in. Awesome. Well, I can add two fours? I mean, whatever your, whatever two, your dice whatever is. Whatever my other dice are? Okay. It'll yeah. be in just enough. It'll be, it'll be 17. Yes! All right, so what were the dice? Um, uh, so we had three D8s and a D6. Okay, oh, sorry, I mean, I mean um, what are the ones that you used? What were their values? Oh, okay. So the ones I used were seven and four. So it was a D8 had a seven and the D6 had a four. Okay. And then my other two dice had a four and a two. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. And so you get to a 17, and uh, you don't have any dice left over for an effect die, right? You added everything in? I added everything in. Okay, so then your effect die is a D4. So your um, your bolt hits Feathershawl's hand and uh, deflects off of a little bit of armor there, not injuring, but just kind of stopping a little bit. And uh, Feathershawl does not give in and will attempt again. So is this where we can assist? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the way to assist is you can... Um, you can have a turn and say an action that you're doing to give Katie... Uh, a temporary asset on her next roll or you can spend a plot point to just give her a d6 or uh, you can step down one of your value die ratings until the end of the session to step up that same value for her and that's, that's the three ways to help uh, I would do that last one. I'd step down one of my... So was that an attribute or value? Uh, value. So she was using justice. So you could step down your justice. Ooh, but that uh, doesn't really, I think, apply. When does, when does justice is uh, D6? No, I'll spend a plot point to give you a D6. Okay, what is your D6 asset? Oh, actually, sorry, hang on. You don't necessarily need to do this yet because Feathershaw gets to take a turn and they may not beat the difficulty. Right, sorry. So one hand snapped away by the crossbow bolt, Feathershaw sort of holds that close and reaches in with the other hand. And they are going to... 
Mm. So instead of grabbing with the hand, with this hand pulled in, they reach out with their left hand and try to call the stone forward with moon magic. So using their catalyst, using their exiled moon mage, now using mastery, and then using moon magic. Needs to beat a 17. Very unlikely. Oh. Got a 15. Okay. We'll spend one plot point to get an 18 and a D10 effect die. The, um... The moon magic reaches out in these purplish violet uh, indigo ribbons and wrap around the stone and begin pulling it towards them. Uh, now is the point where other people can help. Oh, I'm so mad at them. Um, so yeah, I'd like to use the plot point to give um, Winna a D6. But can I talk to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like to draw my sword in a threatening manner and just say up till now you perhaps were misinformed but complete this action and you will be a villain a d6 of shade (laughs) I told Sunfire Elf spicy right there yeah I totally forgot that I could have been adding Winda's D6 of Angry into this pool. Wouldn't that be like me getting an extra D6 because I'm using my rage? That is a thing that you can do. You can spend a plot point to uh, use your stress as something to motivate you. But then after Mm -hmm. the roll, the value of the stress die steps up by one. Okay. Well, I've already got an extra D6 from my friend Jen. Oh, you so. should you should use your anger. Give into it. Keep. Give into your anger. Okay, Push anyway. your stress die. Okay. <laughs> Fear leads to anger. I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> but I also want to save my plot point in case I need to buy another dice. That's fair. After I roll. So I actually I want to save it for that. I do like picturing, though, with the anger, like, if you get all the way to the top of the track and it takes you out, you literally just have, like, a rage nap. You just can't even, and you fall asleep on the spot. <laughs> I mean, I picture it as, like, storming off or running away. But, uh, and then, but a rage nap could be definitely possible. Uh, Tyler, is there anything that Eljal does to help this uh, contest? Ah, well, I guess I can, can I also add in a D6? Yeah, you can spend a plot point to add another d6, or you can... um, I think there's enough dice. You can also use your own test, uh, and then you give your effect die as a temporary asset. Okay. So how would that work? Like, I'd be trying at the same time. Yeah, so what you do is you explain what you'd like to do. I will choose the difficulty as um, an easy or... Um, whatever, uh, the D, the 2d6 or the 2d8, I roll the difficulty, you roll to beat it. If you succeed, your effect die becomes a temporary asset. Okay. It's a well, way to do it without spending plot points. Yeah. 
Well, it's a pretty cool uh, round room. So I think Eljal is going to be the moon shadow or the assassin and run along the wall kind of sneakily. Because, you know, moon shadow elves can sneakily. Yeah, run up run the wall. With, like, his, his hands behind him, right? You know, arms thrown back. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, he's going to sneak along and try to get the drop on Feather Show. Maybe try to squeeze his legs. There. Which is just a thing. Leg. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So you can attempt to throw Feathershawl off balance, giving um, uh, giving Winda an asset. So I would say that that is more difficult. So I'm going to make that the 2d8. There are my d8s. And then I also roll for that, and then I just give the effect dice over. Yeah, so you just need to beat an eight. Not very hard. So that'd be agility, mastery kind of thing. Yeah. Agility, mastery, uh, moon shadow elf assassin. And he's going to use his elven sword staff for the sweep, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I guess it's not a full moon right now, though. Eh? It is not a full moon right yeah. now. No. But I could use. Could I use sneaking in this? I guess because I'm not really. To, I'm kind of going for a bit of more of a matrix style. Anime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got a 14 with a D10 effect die. Fantastic. Okay, so it's a very solid, like, run along the wall and then, like, slide swinging the um, the the staff, and it clips Feathershawl's leg. They begin to fall back, losing control, um, uh, sort of concentration on the magic. So that's going to add another D10 to Winda's pool. Yeah. Did you roll any ones, Tyler? Uh, no ones, yeah. So, okay. Oh. So many, so few ones in this. Oh man, I forgot again. Eljol is wounded, so I could get to roll another d6 in that. So what I had an eight. Okay, it still was an eight because my d6 rolled lower than my other d8. I got to remember, I need like good notes to show who's injured and stuff. You find d8. Yeah, I'll try to remember Eljol being injured, but I guess for this. Yeah, he kind of has to stretch out after this. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then um, as Feathershawl is bringing this um, uh, this stone towards them with the magic, you now need to beat an 18. You've got the D6 asset for the shade and the D10 asset because Feathershawl is off balance. You got this. And you're shooting your crossbow again? Of course I am. Okay, where are you aiming? We're going for the leg this time. Okay. For the knee, stop the adventuring. <laughs> okay, so I rolled a 14, but I'm going to spend a plot point to grab another one of my dice. So I have now 20. But there are two... But there are two ones in my <laughs> dice pool. Okay, so two, two uh, hitches... And then do you still have any dice left over for an effect die? 
Yes, I have a. I could use the D8 for an effect die. Okay. Let me just double check. When the effect dice are the same. Here we go. Nope, that's challenges. Also remember, I'm D6 angry. Yeah. That's how you can describe your anger now to me. It's a D6 angry. (laughs) Yeah, so with the effect dice being the same, um, if Feathershawl gives in, they will take a D8 of complication because they have a D8... um, effect die and you have a d8 effect die if you for instance had a d6 effect die then they would um, take less I don't know if I'm saying that right but anyways they get a d8 they are they are going to give in the arrow slams into their leg and um, they cry out oh oh gosh oh my leg and uh, the magic... Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Um, no, they give in. They don't roll again. So they get to determine their failure. You don't narrate it. That's only if they fail. Okay, so giving in, they release the spell. And then they sort of like crawl away from it a little bit and say, all right, all right. I'm not taking it. And they look at it with like just undisguised uh, greed, need, but they begin to sort of patch their leg. Now, we have your two hitches to deal with. Hmm, let's see. We've got. Can I request that the chicken is involved in one of the hitches? <laughs> Leave the chicken alone. He's our bait. (laughs) All right. um, I am going to say... Let's... Yeah, let's give you two plot points. So we're going to step up angry again to a d10. Sorry, to a D8. I think that's steam coming out of the ears now. Just slow with. And... Hmm... (laughs) You, s- how about this? You step back for like a pose and to put away your crossbow, and the chicken is right behind you, and you fall over it, landing on your tailbone for a d6 of injured. Oh, that chicken! The, the chicken's name is Dinner, though. Hey, do you remember that I named the chicken Dinner? Like when we first. I got do remember it? that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I fall back, and I'm like. 
God darn it, dinner! I'm gonna cook you. <laughs> and the chicken, and it runs over to the uh, to the primal stone. I'm getting a real like Maui hey hey vibe here, and I like it. <laughs> well, I, I'm feeling that. I really am. Is that like the chicken in Moana? Moana yeah. yeah, that was. Uh, was it Alan Tudyk voices the chicken? Sure yeah. does. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, um, Feathershawl sort of pulls back and holds at the um, at the crossbow bolt in their leg. The the primal well is on the floor, and then sort of flanked by these two winged armors, Nausic steps forward, still with the staff, kind of walking, but just bedecked in armor. And they say, "Your or he says, your motley crew." has shown great honor. I hope that I'm worthy of it. I've done my best, but I haven't always done right. And he steps up towards the primal stone and kind of kneels beside it and says, My oaths say that I can never touch the primal stone, but perhaps with this armor and the price that I've paid... I can save this and bring it with my f- with my people. Okay. And you just hear him whisper, "I've got to try." Not everyone's going evil right now, are they? Like we didn't just stop one person who's doing bad for another person now to do bad. That sucks. Nosix reaches forward for the primal stone. Does anybody take it or stop him? Uh, no, I think uh, Eljal's going to just uh, watch in interest to see what happens next. Some cool moon magic happen. Uh going to like hide behind a floating armor because it's his to take, but that was very ominous. All right, he reaches forward and he grabs it and he picks it up and there's this look of exaltation on his face. I've done it! I've done it! And then his hand begins to go gray all the way up his arm and then just a flash of panic as he turns to dust (sighs) the stone falls the armor clanks to the floor and then the floating armor behind also falls and hits the ground it's the Ark of the Covenant right there (laughs) I wish he I, I, I wish he would have told us more before he touched it does that happen to everyone Feathershaw's Feathershaw says, um, "Oh, Feathershaw would know this. They were they were an elder of um, of uh, Moonshadow Elves, and uh, says, oh, he'd definitely sworn an oath as the keeper never to touch that, and he touched it. The magic turned against him. I'm assuming." That armor was meant to protect him, but I don't think it was done right. I well, I'm not about to grab it for you if you're gonna ask us. So, um, well, do you think that it uh, it was only because of his oath, and that perhaps we could touch it and give it to the people? I think so. Um, that sort of oath is uh, meant to 
ensure that this magic is not misused. Um, I think we can take it safely. Wait. I have an idea. Uh, are the are the elves on this uh, floating island also moon shadow? They are skywing. Can elves live together? Yeah. Perhaps could we take the stone and the people who now have no home to your home, and then you can use the stone to help your people, and the people will have a home. Um... And I look at them with justice in my eyes. Okay, I would say that that is going to be an influence role with your justice, and it's going to be a pretty easy sell. Um, I'm going to roll d6s, but I am going to add in your insecure because you are undermined a little bit by your uh, by your situation so far. I just don't feel confident. You only need to beat an eight. Hey, when you say only. <laughs> can, I, can I spend a plot point to give Jen an extra dice? Sure. What is your asset? Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you need? I mean, like, what is, uh, how, what is what this asset? What is the benefit for her? Okay. Um, you like load another uh, crossbow bolt nonchalantly. I uh, window goes yeah. up to to Benetta and she puts her hand on her shoulder and she's like, "You you can do it. You can do it." And then while she's doing that, she has her crossbow in the other hand and she like peeks it out behind her and like looks at Feathershawl and, and just kind of looks. <laughs> okay, so Jen, you got an extra D six in your pool. All right, so that's a D6 for influence, a D10 for justice, a D6, thanks to uh, Winna. Thanks, Katie. And then I'm going to add a D8 for my fickle luck. I mean, Knight of Lux Aria is also pretty. Do you think that would help? Will I mean, you're right standing thing? and saying, do the right thing. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so I'll do that instead of the fickle luck. And did you, what was uh, the value you were using? D8. Why not justice? I am. Just, I've got a D6 for influence, a D10 for justice, a D8 for fickle luck. Oh, yeah. D6. Yeah, I was asking for the value, which was the D10. I was just, okay, cool, 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 cool. I have to know the value of the dice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and do I need to use that thing you said before where I tell you... Oh, crap. Did you roll any ones? I rolled two ones again. I keep rolling two ones on four dice, which is unbelievable. But I did get a ten. Okay, so you succeed. Um, and your speech is just firing you up. So I'm going to step up your angry twice, giving you a plot point. And your angry is at a D10 now. 
You don't know that. You're angrier than <laughs> That's not good. It's because I'm angry and insecure. It's just terrible. Okay. And, um, Feathershawl says, You're right. We have a responsibility to these people. If our magic can make their life better, then we should help them. And I'll make the case that if my people can take me back in, they should take them in as well. That's all assuming that they'll um, stop me from being a ghost in any way. But first, let's get off this island that's fallen. <laughs> Eljaw's going to say, did it just get a wee bit hotter in here? <laughs> okay, so uh, Feathershawl needs somebody to help them walk due to the arrow wound. And somebody needs to grab the primal well. I think Eljaw will uh, pick up Feathershawl because... They're a fellow moon elf. Okay. And then so um, Eljol sort of supporting Feathershawl, the look passes between Benetta and Winda, and you look over to the primal well and the uh, breastplate filled with grayish ash. So uh, Winda crouches down. She goes, dinner, dinner, come here, dinner. She wants to try to use the chicken to see if it's going to disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, try and convince the chicken to uh, touch it, and that is going to be... Winda, you're angry at the chicken, so... I'm going to say it's pretty easy to get the chicken to touch it, but you're angry, so that's adding a D8 in. Convince the chicken. You must beat a 10. Okay. I'll just convince the chicken. <laughs> Ooh, can I... You said I could let her use one of my things? Like, I have a specialty. Would that help? No. No, okay. It has to be an asset. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you'd have to spend a plot point to give it to her. Yeah, Blender. no, I would do that if I could do it, but it's only Sunforged Blade. Yeah, can I use your sword? Well, I have I have animal training. Oh, that would be good. So, <laughs> if you'd like, uh, Jen, you could lead this instead. No, I would never knowingly lead poor dinner to harm. <laughs> and like, as uh, you sort of mutter that, it looks up as if you said its name. Oh god, it's learned the name dinner. <laughs> That's my chicken. <laughs> and it's like it's it's floppy feathers are still covering its eyes, so it looks up towards you and it's like funk. That's my chicken. You're falling in love with dinner. Still gonna disintegrate it, but <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna use my influence and I'm gonna use my liberty because I do what I want. Um, and I'm going to use my trailblazing hunter skills because I'm trying to bait a chicken. Yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. Okay, I got a 13 with an effect of a d6. 
Okay, so dinner begins to waddle over towards the uh, the primal well, pecks at it a little bit, like gnaws it, puts a foot up on it, and you can see the foot slowly begin to turn black. It doesn't look the same, and it pulls its foot away, and then it goes back to normal. Okay, I run up in sheer panic and grab the chicken, and I go, "Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay, little buddy? There doesn't appear there doesn't appear to be any uh, harm done to dinner, and the uh, the look when Nossix touched it, his skin went gray and ashy and immediately turned to to dust. Uh, what was happening on dinner looked different. Any chance this is an all powerful magical chicken we've got here? <laughs> The only way to tell is uh, if you touch this rock, it'll gel. There's an ominous rumble and the entire island quakes to the side and suddenly you're sliding. The room has shifted and the stone and the and the um, uh, breastplates and the flying armors and the chicken all tumble down towards one corner of the room. Oh, we've got to go. <laughs> Alright, well, hopefully we didn't just imbue this chicken with ultimate magical powers. <laughs> Alright, uh, what do you do? I'll do it. I'll grab, I'll, I'll run up and I'll grab dinner and the stone. Okay. One, one in each hand. Let's go! Here we go. Okay. So, um... Winda reaches forward and grabs the primal stone. It's like a big, uh, like, double arm carry, and you can feel it sort of pulling at you in this uh, magnetic magic sense that you, you've never felt before. Um, and you can see your your fingers begin to to darken. And stiffen a little bit. This is a challenge test. So the challenge test has a pool of 2d12s. And what that means is that every round, you attempt to um, knock down the, uh, the challenge test pool. And then... At the end of that round, it attacks you. So there's a challenge and an attack? Yes. Rude. So you um, you are attempting to resist this magic that is slowly stiffening your body. It's fitting that the human should have to undergo this test, just saying. <laughs> okay, and then Winda being angry with a D8 is a little bit unfocused. As the first challenge roll goes in. Um, oh, that's rough. First one's a 21. 
I still have a plot point to, to spend. So, um, yeah. So basically what's going on is um, this isn't the attack against you. This is what you have to beat to, um, like, knock down the die size of the challenge. And so you want to get an effect die of a 12. If you have an effect die of a 12, then that reduces one of the D12s in the pool to a D10. I don't have a D12 in anything. <laughs> okay. Do you have a D10 in anything? In any value? Um, I have a D10 in liberty. No worries, man. No, but oh, values. Oh, in values. So what you could do is somebody else in the party could step down their liberty, which would then step yours up to a D12. But oh. I think it's not necessarily a good call in this one, because can you beat a 21? Probably not. Yeah, you, you need, uh, well, two D10s, rolling a 10 would still be not enough. So let me uh, double check on the challenges again. The way that a challenge works. Um, test contest. I mean, they also probably didn't account for the DM being a freakishly high roller all the time, getting a 22 on 2d12. I mean, it's a 21. I just rolled a 12 and a 9. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, challenges take place over several rounds. Each round represents some passage of time. It could be a few seconds or it could be minutes or hours. So we're going to say that each of these rolls as you're holding it is about a 10 minute uh, sort of thing round. Glad it's not second. That's 10 minutes yeah. is much better. Uh, I think it's probably more like five minutes. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so... Other PCs might help you take on challenges, but everyone must take turns, one turn per player per round. The narrator decides which of you goes first, but once a PC has had their turn, that player chooses who goes next out of the remaining PCs. Finally, the narrator gets a turn for the challenge pool, just as if it were a character of its own. The narrator chooses a PC to test against, and that player sets the difficulty with their dice. Once the narrator has had their turn, it's back to the first PC, and the play continues like it did the first round. In a challenge, the narrator rolls the challenge pool to set the difficulty, just like a test. Then you roll your own dice pool and try to beat the difficulty. If you don't, you fail to progress the challenge, and you take stress equal to the narrator's effect die. If you beat it, you make progress and compare your effect die to one of the dice in the challenge pool. If it's bigger, the challenge die is removed. If it's equal to or smaller, the challenge die is stepped down by one step. Getting a heroic success in a challenge lets you overcome the challenge faster. We forgot about heroic successes. If you beat by five or more, uh, you step up your effect die. Each heroic success lets you step up your effect die by one step or keep an additional effect die from your remaining dice. If you choose the latter option, you can compare this added effect die to another die in the challenge pool and either eliminate it or step it down as well. Once the challenge pool is reduced to zero dice, the challenge is over and you've won. Okay, got it. Okay. So can we can we pass it around like Pippin in the Palantir stone? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Except that one of you has feather shawl, so uh, the other two are hot potatoing. I could drop them. <laughs> Poor feather shawl. Okay, and uh, so right now, 
Katie, as you are attempting to overcome the uh, the power of this, you need to roll against the 21. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to use my strength. Yeah. And, and my liberty, my free will against this. You and... brace your body against it. Yeah. And I'm also going to use my uh, foolhardy friend distinction because... I'm doing this to save my friends. I'm taking the brunt of it. Nice. Um, could I spend a plot point to down my liberty to up her liberty for the rest of the uh, encounter? Um, so, you don't have to spend a plot point for that. I was in the wrong PDF. Uh, you can step down one of your value die ratings by one in order to step up that same value in their own dice pool for that roll. So, Jen, yours will go down for the rest of the session. Katie's will go up for just this roll. Let's do it. Okay. So you're stepping up your, um, your liberty to a d12. Nice. It wasn't good, guys. Oh, that D12 did not roll. Uh, That's okay. We want the D12. We don't care. The D12 is an effect die. It doesn't matter what it rolled. Your other dice, we want to get to a 21. 21. Yeah. 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 So I... Those two D8s are not I got a 12. Nice 7 and a 5. Oh. So did it it heroically overcome us? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then so as you're sort of like trying to uh, just tough your way through it, you take a D8 of stress back. Which I am going to add as exhausted. Would somebody else like to uh, take a turn with the rock as you run out of the keep? Well, is the uh, so would Winda have dropped it, kind of, or like? No, she's still so okay. So let's set the scene. This is five minutes. You're um, you're coming up the stairs and you find yourselves in a very lovely, although completely tussled, um, sort of home in the keep. Wooden floors, bookshelves, a, um, a lovely fireplace, a table set with uh, a half-eaten dinner, although all of it has been pushed to the side and some of it's flipped over. Um, out through some, like, smashed windows, you can see the town. There's chaos outside as people are running and moving and uh, heading towards the mountain. Um, you get out onto the street, and that is when Winda, like... Is, is just, she's lagging behind. It's, you see that the, um, the black sort of like stiffness is going up her arms and she's just, she's breathing heavily and it seems to be weighing down on her. That sounds terrible. Well, Eljol's going to notice this happening and he's going to kind of unceremoniously shove Feathershawl over to, uh, Jen, what's your character's name? Benetta. Yeah, he's, he's going to shove Feathershawl over to Benetta, not really caring if, if she catches them. <laughs> and uh, he's going to uh, 
go up to Winda and kind of put an arm on and, and uh, gently take away the primal stone and take a turn carrying it. Noise. Okay, so you go ahead and make your roll. Uh, so this is, once again, 2d12. So this is you trying to sort of deal with the with the challenge to um, sort of tame the primal well. Um, you have a d6 and injured and yeah, just a d6 injured. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the d6 in there. I got a 15. Yay! What would, uh, oh, let's see here. I mean, oh no, Merrick, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I can use Elf Grace to step up my die, but I don't think agility really matters right here. Or Elf Grace? Uh, yeah, so sort of the, the recommendations are strength or spirit. Brace your body or steal your soul. Okay, well, uh, yeah, and no full moon. <laughs> no full moon. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I guess I could use song for all occasions would be. I'm not sure what that would actually mean. You, you've got a um, an old moon shadow elf dirge that that focuses the mind and and sets you sort of like with the confidence of your ancestors. Oh, so it's literally a song for all. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you you sing a happy ditty that like uh, ups your spirits. All right. Well, it's going to be, uh, she gave you whiskey. It's going to be (laughs) singing to this primal stone, uh, a song about, uh, (laughs) some, uh, past Moonshadow Elf deeds. And it's going to be strength and devotion. And like uh, spirit to me. Oh yeah, spirit. Same. Same dice. Same dice, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I guess 3d8. Okay. Why don't you go for um, strength and mastery and say that you're trying to sing the song like as perfectly as you can in tune with the magic. I, I could do that. That gets you a D8, a D10, and then another D8. So, yeah, ah, that sneaking and swordplay doesn't help me here. No, but I believe in you. Oh. All right. Well, I rolled a sixteen with a uh, D8 effect dice. Okay, so you succeed. But uh, you only step the die... Well, actually, no. Yeah, you step the die down. So the d12 turns into a uh, d10. And is there any way I can use a plot point here to help us move it quicker? I succeeded, and that's kind of about it. I think that's all you can do there. You can... If you have an extra die, you could spend the plot point to um, drop the other d12 to a d10. Okay, yeah, I don't have another dice, so... Okay. Okay, then uh, it gets its turn. 
and it attacks. So Beep. it is um, it's it's energy. Um, yeah, let's say that it it, it continues to drain away at uh, Winda. What? And but so, she's not touching it. But like the sort of like, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Okay, so in a challenge, you can choose any player who has done it. So I was just being a shit disturber. You totally can attack with <laughs> it. It's it's sort of the effect of carrying it. That was the effect of fighting it off, and now it is being a jerk. Uh, so now it's a D12 and a D10. And then it gets her D8 of Exhausted. But you already have D8 Exhausted. I'm already D8 Exhausted. Yeah, I'm adding it into my pool. Oh, okay. (laughs) Do you have my D8 Angry and my D6 Injured in there? Uh, Luckily for you, I can only add one of your stress dice into any given pool. Uh, For the record... Wind has developed a limp. <laughs> and uh, she needs to beat a 12 with a D12 effect die. You can do it. So how do you uh, fend yourself off from this primal magic that is drawing itself up your arm and stiffening your body? Um, I don't even know here. I guess I'm gonna take my belt off and tie it to my arm to try to, like, strangle it. Like, a medicine sort of thing? Yeah! Like, you know, stop the flow of the magic. Ooh, you're gonna, like, do a tourniquet? Yeah! Just, like, stop the circulation. I like that. So, like, an intellect... mastery... Yeah, like a... Moonshadow elf bond, right? I kind of want to, like, I'm thinking, like, yeah. intellect, and I'm thinking, like, hunter because it's survival skill based. I guess mastery too because it's survival skills. Yeah, those make sense to me. Yeah. You've done this before with snake bites? All the time. You know how often I get bit by snakes? It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but is it a soul fang serpent? Oh, God, no. All the time. Those things are everywhere. <laughs> So you got to beat a 12. I did not beat a 12. Not even no! With oh, no! Not even with 12. Do you have points. any? Oh. I rolled a 9. And even if I spent my plot point, I would only get a 12. Or 11. So many plot oh, yeah, 11. points. I wish I could no, share. Woof. Okay. And so with that, as uh, Winda is attempting to sort of seal this off... Um, it shoots up her arm and uh, like up her neck and onto her face. And you can see this, um, this blackness. Your skin becomes a little bit uh, shiny, stone-like, almost um, like polished marble. And around the edges of it, sort of like this light, springy... Um, non-organic sort of fiberglassy you are being turned into a statue and you now have 
D12 of exhausted. If you get one more, you get taken out as a statue. I hate that description, by the way. I don't know what the springy part was. Not a fan. Do I uh, do I look like one of those like statue people in Central Park? That <laughs> we'll be up to our balls and crusty jugglers. Can can Winna still move though? She can still move. She's just exhausted. D twelve of exhausted. She's barely keeping up. Uh so then Um uh, Bignetta will drop Feather Cloak. Shaw. Yes. And she'll say this is anarchy. Uh, how do you say? Oh, yes. Anarchy. And she'll uh, <laughs> go help Winna. Like, walk faster. Okay. Can I? And so- Sorry. Yeah, there, go ahead. Uh, it says under my hinterland del barbarian distinction that I, I'm tough, so I can spend a plot point to convert injured or exhausted stress into another kind of stress. Oh, interesting. So could I, like, tone down my exhausted and give myself, like, a D4 in something else and get, like, a D10 in exhausted? Or I'm not sure exactly how that No, you, you convert it straight over. So you convert your injured or exhausted stress into another kind of stress. If you already had stress of that new type, step up that stress. So... So should I? So I should probably wait, and then if something else happens that gives me more exhaustion, can I take that new exhaustion and move it? Or do I have to just... If you, you could you gotta move it, do it now. Probably uh, got to do it now before you get taken out. But you, you yeah. only have uh, Afraid or Corrupted. And it won't matter because you'll have a D12 in that. Yeah. So, so you might be that. knocked out on that. I, so anyways, it doesn't that really do anything for me. Oh, well. Unless this it, Primal Stone's only doing exhaustion stress. Yeah, it could be like D12 insecure. Is it only doing exhaustion stress, Mary? Uh Yes, it is. I'm just thinking I probably should have been putting it in corrupted. I mean, that makes sense. It's true. But, um... Yeah, it's, uh... What I was doing was I was using Exhausted to sort of track how much you've been affected by it. So let's change Exhausted to... Hmm. Yeah, okay. The intention here is that it is incredibly dangerous for Winda to touch this again, even un- until she's rested and reduced this this specific stress. So we should change it from exhausted into a D12 corrupted. And so you have zero exhausted. So I'm corrupted and angry. Yes. yes. That's but you're not tired. Combination. But you're not as tired, yeah. So is she moving fine then? Yes. Then I will not have dropped Feather Veil... Feather shawl. Feather shawl. Okay. And then you still have your plot point spend to get your injured and say turn that into angry. 
don't know if I want to be more angry. I'm already pretty angry. That's true. Okay, and so um, you're hustling forward with Benetta sort of uh, dragging Feathershawl along, uh, Eljol holding the um, the primal well, uh, Winda uh, sort of moving along and and feeling the her whole body going stiff. And ahead of you, you can see uh, chaos. Uh, the people of the island are just disorganized trying so many different things. Some of them are trying to climb down the sides and uh, others have gotten these like uh, large hang gliders. They jump off the side, but uh, one of them doesn't fly and it just plummets out of view. There is a, uh, a bridge that's been moved into place, but as people begin to hustle across it, there are screams of terror and you see these massive, oh, like bull-sized centipedes crawling out of the side of the mountain and uh, onto the floating island across the bridge where the people are. What? Okay. Well, Eljol's going to see these monsters up ahead and, and see it as an opportunity of where he can really help. And so... But he's busy carrying the he's, primal he's stone. carrying the primal stone right now, but he's going to look to his companions there and say, I think we'd better go help out these folks. This one here seems like he's not going to be of too much use. And he's going to point. They're not going to be of too much use. He's going to point to uh feather shawl and then take the primal stone and shove it into their no, hands. No, no, no. I try to like pull feather shawl away from you. Wait, Wait, this one is very useful. She makes the bridge. The moon bridge. They make the moon bridge. I can you do that there, Feathershawl? I think I can muster it, yeah. Looks up. We haven't had that much time. The moon should be in the same phase for at least another hour. Aye, well, let's get to it. Do this now. Okay. Um... Who's got the primal well? Well, Eljol tried to hand it to Feathershawl. But now Feathershawl is busy. Okay. So So we're in a new round of the challenge, and there are two challenges. There is mastering the primal well, and dealing with the monstrous centipedes. So... Tyler, would you like to um, deal with the Primal Well and try to master it to reduce its die sizes again? Or would you like to uh, help the people evacuate by either leading them somewhere safe or fighting a bunch of giant centipedes? Well, in character, it's probably more likely for Benetta being a a sun knight, right? To be helping out innocent folks. So, Eljol will carry on taking on the Primal Stone. Okay, then I shall roll the difficulty for the Primal Stone, which is a d12, a d10, and Eljol has a d6 of injured. 
Oh, you must beat a nine. Hey, I can probably. Oh, I shouldn't. I'm not going to speak too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess yeah, spirit mastery, and we'll go with a song. He's gonna. All right, I'll, I'll keep singing me tune. Nice. Oh, Danny boy. Oh, no. Most definitely beat nine. So, uh, okay. I guess a D10 effect, and I can't add a 15. Okay. Um, oh, no, I didn't roll a one. That's a seven. Are you sure? That's a seven. That's a one. It's <laughs> a funny looking seven. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got. You still beat a nine. I still beat a nine at a thirteen, but I got a one. A funny. Look, <laughs> we're calling a funny looking seven. <laughs> so, do you have an effect die? Uh it would be the one. The, D, the D8. The D8. Yeah. Yeah. So the hitch, the one, can't be used as an effect die. So your oh. effect die is a D4. Oh yeah. Okay. So. um yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the D four, so you can. Um, if you beat it, you make progress and compare your effect die to one of the dice in the challenge. If it's bigger, the challenge die is removed. If it's equal to or smaller, the challenge die is stepped down. So, do you want to step down the D twelve or the D ten? I think we'll step down the D twelve. But I guess yeah, even if I did have my D eight effect die, it still would be. Same. same result, yeah. Same result, yeah. But now we get a hitch. So you gain a plot point. And let's uh let's give you a D6 of uh corrupted. Okay. We'll mark that down. And then as it's a challenge, you now get to choose who goes next. Stop oh. me. So Elja, yeah, well, most definitely not Winda. So I guess we really only have Veneta. Oh, well, I mean, you have multiple, you have two challenges going and we're just doing like player turns. So you've taken your turn in this sort of segment of time. And then Jen and Katie each get a turn to say, deal with the primal stone or deal with the evacuation. Okay, well, uh, we'll let Veneta go next, I guess. I'm gonna step some centipedes. Alright, you run forward and there are people just running back and forth. Buildings are starting to like slide off their foundations. Um, things are falling and these massive uh, centipedes are like training forward like on all these big legs. If you go to the Discord chat, you can see a pretty picture of them. Pretty, pretty picture. I very pretty. Oh no, they're horrific. They're big and green with red heads. They're like armored. They're quite armored. Um so Okay, and then so their challenge die pool is two D ten. And you're fighting, uh, so they also get another D10 for your angry or insecure. Okay, now. Okay. 
Oh, Jen. How many ones did you roll? Two ones. Hey. The difficulty is four, and you have two advantages. That means I get two more D6s? No, it means that you can spend plot points to step down your stress. Oh. So I roll first, though. And I have to beat a four? You have to beat a four. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm rolling a D8 for my agility, a D8 for my mastery, a D8 for my knight of Lux Aria. Aria? Sure. Nope. Uh, a d6 for my swordplay and a d8 for my sunforge blade. Sweet. I hope you have some d8s. I do. And if I don't beat this, I'd be so mad. But I did with a 10 and a d8 dice. Challenge dice. Okay. So, sorry, you got a 10? Yep. That's a heroic success. Okay, so uh, by spending a plot point, you can step down one of your stress dice when the narrator rolls an opportunity. That represents shaking it off, taking a breath, or realizing it wasn't as bad as you thought. But wait. Okay, okay, okay. I got something. Okay, what's your what's your something? I can, I just succeeded at a contest with a foe, so I can spend a plot point to use my stalwart, and that will step down all of my stress dice. Nice. I mean, technically this is a challenge, not a contest, but I think that we're, it's, it's good. Because challenges were created for Tales of Zadia, and this is a playtest, so I don't think that they've got all of the rules uh, necessarily figured out. So that cost me one plot point, and they're saying I can spend two more plot points to drop them down again? One per each? Yep. Alright, uh, unless, is there anything I can do with the, D, with the with your ones to make it harder for this, the centipides? Nope, you step down stress with opportunities. Alright, I'll do that. Okay, and then what was your effect die? Eight. Okay, so uh, with your heroic ses- success, that steps up to a ten. Uh, did you have any other dice? Yep. So you could um, spend another plot point to get an additional effect die, and then you could step down both of the d10s. Well, what's my last plot? It's my last plot point, though. Then save it. All right, I'll save it. Okay, so then uh, with your uh, success, that goes to a D10, which sorry. Um... Okay, so you don't outright remove the challenge die from the pool, but they are now D10, D8. Nice! As you are. Yeah, as you're cutting your way through a whole bunch of centipedes. With your cool sword. And then, uh, Katie, what would you like to do? I want to shoot some centipedes with my crossbow. You got some Excellent. 
I do. I feel like I can finally use my keen eye thing for this. Yeah, you can fire off at uh, some of the ones in the distance that are menacing the uh, the people of Inian, and that would allow you to use your awareness and like step up with plot points and stuff. Woohoo! Let's do it. Also, I'll be using my one good arm that I have left because my other arm is shot. <laughs> so yeah, your uh, keen eye. Spend a plot point to double awareness or agility die in your dice pool when following a trail, aiming at a distant target, or spotting something far off. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So when you're aiming at a distant target, it's still agility, but you get to use 2d8 instead of 1d8. When you're spotting something far off, it's awareness. Free extra dice. Is it like... Oh, so I guess he has 2d8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because right. we spotted the centipedes. We know they're there? Okay, if you say so. <laughs> okay, and then I'm going to roll the difficulty, which is a d10, a d8, and a d12 for your corrupted. Ooh. That's a 16 you've got to beat. Okay. So I'm going to roll for my agility, my mastery, my, whatchamacallit? Trailblazing. Trailblazing hunterness. And your crossbow. And my one. crossbow. Oh, do we have another D8? <laughs> There's so many D8 in this roll. Plus I get to roll an extra D8 because of my keen eye, because I'll spend nice. my plot point on that. Gosh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't spend my plot point on that because I'm rolling against a 16 and I only have D8s, so... Yeah, then you'd need double eights. Yeah, you should probably save your plot point to add an extra one into the uh Yeah, yeah that's what I was Yeah, it's not going to work we, out. We've added in all the dice. Math-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Agility, mastery, being a hunter, and my crossbow. That's four. Okay, here we go. So I rolled a 12, so that doesn't work. So you need a 5 on another die. Which I don't have. Did you roll any 1s? I did not. Okay. So uh, you begin firing at the centipedes, and um, a group of them turn off towards you and start coming at you. It's a D12 effect die of Afraid. So now I'm angry, injured, afraid, and corrupted. Yikes. It hasn't been... It hasn't been a great adventure for uh, Winda. She's only human. What can we do? Yep. Okay. Then it's the end of the round for the challenge. Okay, so uh, Tyler, the primal well is going to attack you. Oh, all right. That's two d tens. Uh, 
you've it's uh you know you've definitely worked hard on it uh it is going to add your d6 in corrupted oh okay so i could go with a 15 and a d6 effect die or a 14 and a d10 effect die we're gonna go with the 14 and the d10 effect die so i have to beat a, a d10 14. effect i have to beat a d10 effect die then to step it down no because it's attacking you your oh, yeah. action to step it down is a different part um oh. This so is this the give me a D10 something, yeah. Yeah, it'll give you it'll change change your corruption to a D10. If you right. don't uh, get a 15 on your dice. And this is yeah, spirit again. Spirit or strength? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'll do uh, Spirit Devotion and a Song for All Occasions again. And then I'm probably... Running, gonna... running through this ruined city, singing. <laughs> Trying to calm this uh, primal stone. Oh, no. Oh. That's bad. I, I'm not even going to spend a plot point on that. Yeah, I... I got an eight and two ones. Oh no! Yeah, no, a plot point wouldn't help you. The ones can't be added to your pool at all. Yeah, this kitty on the picture. He's little Kenobi. How's lonely? Okay, so um, yeah, I'm gonna say. Your um, your corruption goes to a D10. And then I'm going to give you... Two plot points. To um, give you a D6 of Afraid... And upgrade corrupted to 12. Joy! I'm starting to feel like Winda. So does Elja go all like stone too? Yep. Uh, it begins to like crawl up your arms and you can feel your arms stiffening and your shoulder gets like really, really tight. It goes up the side and then you can feel it like in your horn. And it, and it gets sort of like a glassy, uh, shiny, polished uh, marble look. Okay, can uh, Eljol drop the stone, I guess? Because I think... I think he would if he started to notice that. Like, I think he'd drop it because he put his arm up to the Okay. And as you drop it, it hits the ground, rolls a little bit, and begins to float and shoot up into the sky. Does anybody dive for it? 
I will. No, I am terrified and corrupted and angry. <laughs> I will. In my picture, I have this rad cloak. So as I'm leaping for it, I'm tearing off my cloak to try to catch it in my cloak so I do not have to touch it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say that it's a little bit harder. It's going to be 2d8s and... Um, what are your stresses right now, Jen, since you stepped down a whole bunch? I only have a D6 anger. Okay, so I'm going to throw the D6 into the pool. And you've got to beat an 11. Okay, I'm going to beat an 11. So I'm going to use my agility to move quickly. I'm going to use my mastery to move purposefully. I am going to use my Knight of Lux Aria to be like I have trained reflexes yeah yeah sure and then that's it <laughs> can i throw in an extra d6 for uh helping out i got lots of plot points i actually have four so i'm gonna, use nice. I'm gonna yeah, no. you can spend a plot point and say that it rolls towards her and that's an extra d6 okay yeah i think uh yeah just out of luck i guess <laughs> yeah like, you dropped it, but it happens that you dropped it in her direction. Thank you. All right, so I'm rolling a 3d8, 2d6. And what did I need to beat? Uh, an 11. Uh, sweet. Uh, so I am going to beat it with a 14 and a d8 for my other die. Okay, so you snag it in your cloak and pull it down, and you have it in hand. Um, the people uh, running from the various monstrous centipedes continue to run. And uh, let's see, we're going to have them overrun the hang gliders. And everybody attempting to leave the city by hang glider are scattered. Okay, what is everybody trying to do? Um, the primal well is still like pulsing with power and difficult to uh, to manage. The people are also running around. Uh, you can attempt to fight the centipedes, lead people lead people off the island or just get off as quickly as you can. Did Feathershaw get the portal going yet? Um, I would say that they can attempt that this round if you get to the, uh, to the edge of the, uh, of the uh, island. So can we focus on that first? Because like, yeah. that's numero uno. I think is sure. going to grab Feathershaw by their scruff and get him. <laughs> Right to the edge. <laughs> All right, Feathershaw goes. All right, you've got the primal well. Let's do it, and pulls out the um, pulls out the owl feather cloak, points a hand towards the uh, the moon, and uh, begins to summon the magic to create the uh, the floating bridge once again. Uh, the difficulty is going to be 
2d8s and uh, d6 of injury. Is that how much you gave Feathershaw? I think it was something like that. It was just the uh, shot to the leg. Shot to the leg. Yeah, I think it was a d6. Anyways, um, so they've got to beat a 7. That's going to be pretty easy. So eight, 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 and then ten and eight. Easily enough. That was a 14 over a seven. So with a heroic success, Feathershawl um, creates a, a wide uh, moonlight bridge that reaches past the... Um, uh, the crumbling walls of the city towards uh, the mountains in a nice sort of open spot and it, it widens a little bit so that it's like space enough for four people walking side by side and they're like we've got to move fast bring as many of these sky, skywing elves as you can alright what well, Jones going to take out his uh, staff but not extend the blades and start pushing <laughs> as many folks as he can into this. Alright, I mean physically pushing people will get you a little bit. I would say uh, that's very difficult. Um, appealing to people and calling them might be more effective. Can we flag yeah. him down with yeah. Benetta's sword? Because that thing glows. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I am busy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess we could. I guess Eljal's going to not push everybody. That's going to be his last resort if people are not getting coerced. But he's going to shout out to uh, the crowd and say, Hey, everyone, we got some moon magic here that can get you off. You got to go quick. Okay. Um, so yeah, ushering people over the moon magic bridge sounds like devotion. Yeah, and influence, I guess, is a D6. Yeah. And, and then- I will give you an extra D8 effect die for the moon magic bridge. Okay, cool. And then I could play... Uh... A song for all occasions! Are you kidding? You're singing to him! <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's give this a shot. Yeah, uh, Feathershaw got a D8 on their on their effect die, so... And what do I need to beat again? Oh, yeah, I need to roll that first. Um, so it is the difficulty of the monstrous centipedes. So it's a D10, D8... Because they've got to, like, get through them and find safe ways. That's what your difficulty. And then you, sir, have a D12 of corrupted and a D6 of injured. So you're going to be fighting past the corruption that's stiffening your soul. I'm adding that into the pool. Uh, I only got an 8. I I beat that at a (laughs) 9. Oh, good job. (laughs) I I got one hitch. And then a D6 effect. 
Okay. So I oh, will give sorry. you D eight effect. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, D eight effect. So that is going to step down. You could step down the D ten or the D eight. Uh, let's step down the D ten. I feel like, yeah, it's probably yeah. mathematically. I don't okay. know too much about this math, but the higher one. <laughs> yeah, a spike potential. Um, okay, and then so with your hitch, you gain one plot point, and I am going to. <laughs> I'm going to step up your angry as the people who are running past you begin to sort of jostle you and like push you out of the way and you're just getting frustrated. Well, I haven't gotten angry all day yet, so now's the time. So it's a D6 of angry. Okay, and then uh, you get to pick who goes next. Okay, so Benetta is busy with the cloak, so we'll say Winda. Poor Winda. So um, what's Winda going to do? I guess I'm going to help flag people over to the moon bridge. So I've got a really nice, like, fur cloak that's like, goes, like, on my back. So I'm going to take it off and kind of use it as, like, a flag. To get okay. Come on over. So sounds like an influence, devotion. Delbarian hinterlander? Sure, because that's what they wear. Yeah, your rough voice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Your booming mountain voice. Oh, do and I, I need the, Yeah, do I get the bonus dice for the moon bridge too? Um, no, it only gets passed to one person. Okay. Um, okay, so then I am going to roll and I'm going to use your d12 in corrupted. Uh, getting an 11 that you need to beat. And can I give a hand? Or um, like Yeah, you can throw a plot point and give a d6. I'm definitely doing that. I got a 14. Oh, and is it still the root? Oh. Yeah, and that was an 11, so you succeed. What is your effect die? D6. Okay, so you step down one of the D8s to a D6? No, you could use a, get a D8, because what, what did you have to be? Oh, I guess, yeah. Could I, you need I to could, beat an 11. So I could take a 13 and then use a D8 as my effect die. Same thing. You need a D10 to completely oh. eliminate a die. Right. Because it's just going to go down one if it's lower or the same. Oh, it's the same, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it doesn't matter. Precisely. Okay, but the uh, centipedes are at D8, D6. Um, a lot of the um, uh, people are are moving in your direction. And uh, some of them are saying, thank you, thank you so much. And they're running down the bridge. Feathershawl is standing there holding it. Uh, still hasn't pulled the arrow out of their leg. I mean, that's responsible. All right, Jen. 
That's to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to attempt to master the uh, primal well? Yes, I am. Then I'm going to roll two d10s, and you've got... Oh, was it a d6 still? Yes, d6 anger. You must beat a 10. Great. So I'm going to use spirit. And then I was going to try to use justice, but it's probably more of a mastery still. Um, what is your justice phrase? My great might represents defense, not destruction. I don't know. Would that apply? I don't know. Will it apply? Um, I would say that it would apply in that you are attempting to keep it with the Skywing Elves. Like, you've, you've made that bargain. And so you're saying... Uh, I'm defending them. Yeah, you need to keep this for them. You can't yeah. just let it get away. Yeah, I like that. And then I'm going to use my Fickle Luck. Uh, I don't think strategy will play in here, so that's it. Okay. And you said a 10? A 10. Yeah, 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 11 with a 1. Uh, with a hitch? Yeah. Okay. And, um, what was your effect die? A D8. Okay, so you step it down. It's a D10, D8 now. And I give you a plot point. And you take a D6 of Corrupted. Okay, and then both challenges hit back because everybody's gone. Um, the centipedes uh, begin to swarm at your area of the bridge and they are going to attack Eljol. They are currently D8, D6. But Eljol has such a great sweater. No! <laughs> And Eljol's got a D12 of Corrupted I'm going to throw in. Yep, zero. As they attack you for a 13 with a D12 effect die. Alright, I'd better, better succeed in this one. Yeah. So, agility I guess I'm going to try to, to dodge with my agility and my mastery. Yeah. I'm going to use my uh, Moonshadow Elf natural skills. Makes sense. And uh, that's about it. I guess swordplay and my no, you more for when I'm attacking me. Use Homesick Assassin. And yeah, no, you can defend yourself with swordplay and elven sword stuff. Alright, I'm most definitely unsheathing and twirling around me sword stuff. Your staff with blades on either end, which can rotate outwards when in use. I, it's mostly just cool when I take it out, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there's one hitch in there for sure. What did I need to beat? Uh, you needed to beat a 13. Okay, yeah, so I got uh, 15 with a D10 effect dice. 
Oh, no, nice. no. oh wait. I you think... got an 18. Oh, sorry. That's a D10. Well, that's a that's D10. An, and that's an 8. Okay, I got an 18 with a D8 effect, I guess, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, an 18 is a heroic success. Yeah, that's what the unicorn is on the It's dice. a 10. <laughs> uh, which means you step up your effect dice, so your D8 actually does become a D10. I like it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not exactly certain of the rules, but let's have it hit back and knock out a die. So it's a D10. It's greater than the D8. You can actually just clear that die out. Actually, I have a D10 effect dice. Sorry. So it (laughs) becomes a D12. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So now the, um, (laughs) as the centipedes like roll over Eljol, he draws out his sword staff, does a spin. And when the dust settles, there's only a D6 of centipede left. And he's going to have a bunch of uh, centipede goo on the sword staff. But as he does a cool spin, it all goes flying off. And it's... <laughs> Beautiful. And then, Jen, the primal stone, uh, D10, D8. And you've got a D6 of corrupted now. Chess. Uh, you need to beat a 12. Kenobi's climbing the back of Merrick's chair under his sweater. I gotta be 12? You got it. That's very high. When do you have to beat things I do? Do you only have three (laughs) dice right now? Yeah, I'm again gonna use my spirit and my justice and my fickle luck. I I could play a plot point and give a d6. Yeah, for sure. What is your what is your plot point? Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, Eljal is going to see uh, after he did all his cool tricks. <laughs> it's a cute kitty. He's going to see uh, Veneta kind of, I guess, struggling with the stone, and he's going to come over and put his hand over top of the stone too, and kind of just help. Or no, I guess that wouldn't. But... Don't touch it. I don't want to touch How it. About... No, no, no. <laughs> Inspire me with song. Katie, we can't hear you. All right. Oh, sorry. I totally took off my finger off the speaker. I was actually just telling him what to do, so it's fine. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Eljol is going to uh, look back and say, Hey there, son elf. You got this. You can do it. And uh, start singing his song that he was uh, singing before to the stone. Aww. I, my bony lies over the ocean. <laughs> my bony lies over the sea. What did I have to beat? A 12. Oh my goodness. How does double eights do you? Nice. That is a success. And uh, what is your effect die? A D. Do you have to choose the highest of the last two? Uh, no, you choose whichever die you want. So I had to be a 12? Yes. Then I'm sorry. I do this more strategically. I got a 13. Success. Making my dice a D10. Nice. So you can choose to either step down the D10 to a D8, or you can just eliminate the D8. Yeah, I'm 100% going to eliminate the D8. Absolutely. And like with that, 
uh, you can feel this primal stone, uh, primal well beginning to quiet. All right. And I will say to it, that is quite enough. Thank you. I'm chastising the stone. The whole island begins to shake heavily. There's a massive grinding sound, and you can see the mountain in the distance slipping slowly away. It seems like you've only got minutes before the entire island falls down the side. Of how, the are, how are people doing on the escape? The escape is only a D6 left. What about our chicken friend dinner? Dinner is with you. Sorry, what does that mean for how many people are left? So if you succeed at the challenge, which is removing that last D6 before my hidden clock goes down, then you've gotten as much as you can. I believe that you two can do it. <laughs> I, I'm going to go down the well. Yeah, so I guess it goes D6 to D4 and then we're, we got her. Yes. Sorry, checking to see what the cat was chewing on. If you all of a sudden cut out, we know. Who was <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had immediate panic. I was like, is Giark still here? Yeah, Giark's still here. Okay, so who wants to go first? Um, is anybody dealing with centipedes or ushering across uh, uh, refugees? Or um, do we want to deal with the primal well first? Does uh, dealing with centipedes and ushering people across kind of do the same thing towards a challenge? Exactly. Okay, well, Eljol was on a roll with uh, dealing with the centipedes, so it's going to keep twirling around. Okay. Running up centipede backs. All those cool anime moves. Nice. So the difficulty for that is uh, the D6 that's left in the challenge and the D12 for your corruption. You need to beat a 13. All right. Well, I'll be rolling the same dice as before. Okay. So you've got to beat a 13. Ooh. Well, you can spend a plot I'm going to be splendid. Splendid. <laughs> splendid a plot point. Splendid a plot point. Yep. <laughs> All right. I got a 12 without a plot point. So I'm going to spend a uh, plot point and get a 17 with a D10 effect. Nice. So that's actually a heroic success. So you get a D12 effect. How do you deal with the remaining uh, centipedes as they rush toward you? Well, I guess as the uh, villagers are all rushing around, you see a, a shadow leaping in the air, and it's Eljal hopping from centipede to centipede, twirling around his staff. And, Amazing. Uh, bouncing around, and everybody's pretty all in a, a bit better spirits seeing them go down. Every time he lands on a centipede, the sword staff slides between its like segmented armor perfectly, pulls it back out, leaps to another one. And as he uh, kicks out the last centipede, he does like a cool slide, like he's going down an elephant trunk. 
and yeah. then right in front of Winda <laughs> and twirls his staff and puts it away. And Feathershawl says, that only counts as one. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, and you look out and you can see that mo- you don't see any other people moving in Indian. It looks as if all of them have gotten to the bridge now that you've cleared out the monsters that were in their way. So, what do you want to do? Who goes next? Well, does one just simply walk onto a moon bridge? <laughs> yes. Uh, Katie, another idea that you could do is um, maybe a little bit of first aid on Feathershawl with the arrow in their leg. I'm like angry and corrupted. And do you think that I care that much about the arrow? You probably can't. So what I'm hearing is Winda heads across the bridge. With dinner. She like picks dinner up, puts him on her slightly um, stone-esque shoulder. Yay! And he starts pecking at the shoulder, <laughs> trying to eat yeah. her. It's a weird texture. Yeah. Yeah, just like, just like, hey, hey, dunk, 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 dunk. Okay, uh, Jen, the primal well. I'm running across the bridge with the primal well. Runny, runny, runny. Okay, uh, the primal, uh, are you going to attempt to master the last bit of the primal well? Can I while I run? You can. And then I will. All right, so uh, you've got only a d6 of corruption still? Correct. As your highest stress, okay. And then the primal well is only at a D10, which means you need to beat a seven. If you can get an effect die of a twelve, you've mastered the primal well. Cool. An effect die of twelve? Yeah. None of us have D12s. Somebody has D12s. Not me, and I don't think Katie does either. I don't think any of us have twelves. So what do you have at a D10, Jen? I have my spirit at a D10 and my justice at a D10. Okay. So can I, can I spend a plot point to like down my justice and up your justice? Didn't Jen already do that to you? So Jen, you're for just, liberty. For liberty. So yes, then Katie, you can do the same thing back. Doesn't cost a plot point. Your justice goes down. Jen, yours becomes a D12 for this one roll. Katie, Thank yours. You. I had bad justice anyway. I'm beating a seven. Yep, just a seven. <laughs> oh, no, I lied. <laughs> Not a D12, that's a D20. <laughs> Roll it! I did, I got a 12! Yeah, but I got a 13 anyways on my lower two dice. So that means my other dice is a D12. Nice. Okay. And so as you're running, the uh, primal well gives like a pulse and then you feel it no longer sort of straining and pushing against you. It quiets. And as you look down on it, as you look down on it, you notice three colored crystal deposits sort of begin to form on the surface. One blue, one red, one violet. Are those us? Unclear. Do you Are they us to... as crystals? 
Do you want to try and identify it? Not or? right now. No, I just want to run right now. All right. And so as you're running across the bridge, uh, the island suddenly gives a massive oof, and half of it cracks away and falls down the mountain. The other half begins to slide and Feathershawl very deftly steps onto the moon bridge and begins to limp towards the mountainside. Eldol! Get out of the bridge! I am coming, and uh, I'll see uh, Feathershawl limping along, and I'll give them a, a hand. Get them, get them moving. All right, I want to have one more roll. So, Eldol getting back to the bridge in time requires a speedy Moonshadow Elf roll. All right, some uh, agility and some mastery and some Moonshadow Elf. And it's a difficulty of 2d8s because you had to be fighting out in the um, in the city and the city is falling and it's your d12 of corruption in the pool. You must beat an 11. I'll uh, spend a plot point to give him an extra d6. Are you hurrying me along? Yeah, I'll be like, come on, Eljol, you can do it! Okay. Dinner's worried about you. I, what's for dinner, you said? Uh-oh. All right. Well, is that? No, that's not a one. Okay. What that's did you not say? a one. That actually is a seven this time. Nice. <laughs> what did I beat again with 11? You must beat an 11. Okay, I got 14. With a d10. Excellent. And so just a beautiful moon shadow elf like run along the side of a building as the building is toppling and then you leap through the air and land on the bridge and then grab Feathershawl and uh, prop them up and begin to walk towards the mountains. Were my hands behind my back at any point? (laughs) (laughs) And behind you, all of you turn and watch as the formerly floating city of Inian crashes down the mountainside and into the distance. Sad. As everybody gathers at the edge of the moon bridge on the mountains, Feathershaw lets their magic dissipate, and you look around at the crowd. You saved so many people, but not the entire population. Before you got there, many had perished, some fell to the centipedes, and you can see the reduced numbers bowing their heads and honoring their losses. Very sad. <laughs> A cat was clawing up my knee. I, I guess you'll take a uh, D6 on injured. Yep, I'm going to take a D6 injured. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. I was going to set a plot point when I did that thing to use my spell word again to get rid of uh, step down all my stresses. Sure, yeah. I have a question about that. There were D6s, and then I didn't have any D4s filled in, so I was just erasing them. But would they actually go down to D4s? No, so I don't know what's up with the character sheet with the D4s. Stress is never stepped down to a D4. If it's a D6 and stepped down, it is erased. 
Got it. Okay. Because yeah, what I was doing is I was being like, okay, I've got D6, D8, D10 filled out, so I'll go down to D8 and then D6. But I was only doing the fill-outs. I'm confused. So like, if I'd only had a D10 filled in and I didn't have a D8 filled in, which I didn't, this is just how my brain was processing, I was just going to be erasing the D10 because I didn't have the D8 filled in, so there was nothing for it to step. Like, it was, yeah. But it should have been going to the D8. Yeah, your D10 should become a D8 when it's stepped down. And that is what I did, but, okay. Okay, yeah, and any D6s should have disappeared. Okay. Um, so, you only ever have one die in any particular stress track, right? Yeah, that's what I was doing wrong. Okay. I was treating it like you fill up all the boxes. Nope. It's just a sliding scale. Excuse me, I know I'm new to this game, but you don't have to call me a noob. I never said anything. I tried to explain it for the listeners. No, you said nope, but it sounded like you went noob. Oh, I understand. Okay, so, um, do you investigate the three glowing uh, crystal bits on the primal well? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, now that we're on the mountainside not in imminent danger maybe on our travels towards the town now yeah exactly and so as you look at it um Feathershaw can tell you they are sources of magic there appears to be a sky source an earth source and a moon source this primal well gathers energy to it and when I did that um, rather unfortunately timed spell, it appears to have gathered a bit of moon power as well. I expect if any of you are burgeoning mages, um, you could claim one of these sources for yourself. Do not touch it. Do not touch this. This is mine. It is my friend now. You're not touching. But we must return it to my people. Yes, and, and this is what we will do. But you, not touching. And Feather Shawl sort of holds up their hands and seems very chastened. Um, in the sort of company of these survivors, Feather Shawl feels uh, as if they have been blinded by their ambition not quite ambition, but by their drive to to release their banishment at the expense of everything else. Their single-mindedness. You begin to see them sort of falling back into a role of respected elder and doing their best to sort of uh, support the people as a leader, particularly since Nossix is dead. I and our, our merry little band will accompany these fine folks. I guess uh, escort them along. And I guess Eljal as a character is kind of looking for a bit of redemption himself. And this could be a chance for him to earn his way back to the Moonshadow Elf community. Yeah. Aww. Okay, well... That was Tales of Zadia. Yay! Well done. 
Very interesting. Okay, so... Do people want to epilogue their characters? Feathershawl heads back to their home and... Oh, is not accepted back. That's pretty petty. I mean, it's really, really hard to uh, become a ghost or to not be a ghost anymore. This one act was not able to redeem them in the eyes of their community. Probably because the act was actually kind of shady. It was a heist. They didn't tell you it was a heist. But knowing that information and settling the Skywing L sort of nearby, what do the three of you do? Epilogues. Okay. Well, uh, I'm just looking at Eljal's character description again a little more closely. And it doesn't look like he is a ghost, but he is unsure if he's going to be accepted back after failing his mission. So I guess perhaps uh, Eljal kind of works as a bit of a mediator between the newly settled Sky Elves and his uh, people, the Moon moon Shadow Elves. And uh, he kind of slowly works his way back into the graces of his community. But uh, he kind of remains a bit of an outsider because of his uh, worldly travels and doesn't want to be always living at uh, back at his community. So he kind of Hops back and forth between the Sky Elves and the Moonshadow Elves and journeying with whatever companions, especially Winda and Benetta, if they choose to travel again. Cool. Katie, Jen? I want to hear what Winda does. So do I. What you going to do? <laughs> um, so... Winda has her new favorite bestest friend whose name is Dinner. (laughs) And she made Dinner like a little fur kind of like cloak vesty thing so they match. Oh my god! I love it! And she has like a little pouch that she attached to her belt so Dinner can sit in her belt. When they travel around she carries them. Because he's just a little chicken. Just a tiny little chicken. Uh, (laughs) and um, oh she took all that uh, chicken jewelry from Eljal and she burned it ceremoniously with chicken (laughs) chicken. yeah they're just yeah dinner was not happy about that that jewelry Um, so she really came to Zadia because she wanted to play a role in like the unification of the people and being a human in Zadia kind of a big deal so she hangs around with the Sky Elves for like a little bit and tries to hang around with the Moon Elves for a little bit, but they're like, the Moon Shadow Elves are like really, I don't know, they're a little... Judgy. Yeah, a little uptight. Like, they're hard to get in. So she uh, she asks Benetta if her and Dinner can uh, go check out the uh, the the Golden Capital. Sunfire. And check out the Sunfire Elves, because that'd be cool. Speaking of judgy, though, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was like, uh, I mean, sure. Uh, Benetta, she is going to decide that that this is just all too much, that other people are too weird. Um, it's just too complicated out here in the world. She's going to go back to the Sun Elves. And so she goes back 
and is immediately instructed by the leader that her new like orders You cut out. Oh, sorry. Her new orders are to go out and make friends and do good deeds in the name of the Sun Elves to to uh, <laughs> to bolster their good name. So she'll go back and she'll find <laughs> an Elja, but she'll be real like salty about it and uh, adventure with them. <laughs> and I will definitely take Winna to come see it. Woohoo! I like shiny. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for playing Tales of Zadia. Yeah, thank you for running it. Yeah, and thanks for, for picking us to play. I've never got to use so many dice before. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> all our dice sets. We broke them all out. All right, well, good night. Yeah, good, good night. night. Have and a good so, day night tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, have fun. And then um, I'll confirm for Monday and we can chat about Tales of Zadia and the Cortex Prime system and we'll get the episode out next week. Cool. Awesome. (laughs) It might be like a three-part episode because we've got like content, five hours. (laughs) Go us. Whatever. It's a whole season of the uh, Dragon Prince. (laughs) There you go. Alright. Good night. Thank you for playing. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was fun. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Massive Damage Adventures. We do a different one-shot every month, and I hope you check out our next one. Please rate and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at SkyHammerK and on Instagram at SkyHammerPress. If you want some outtakes, keep listening after I stop talking. I'm not allowed to have knickknacks. And there's there's too many minis. For the record. There's probably two cabinets. Wait, what do you mean a lot of knickknacks? Tyler said when we moved in together, no knickknacks, because his mom has too many knickknacks. Yeah, huh. Tyler, you have no leg to stand on. Guess what minis are? They're minis knickknacks. Are I finally got hey. a bookshelf in the living room. Hey, I sold some the other day. And then you bought oh. a new one. Oh. I completely forgot a thing, but that's fine. It doesn't matter anymore. Okay, so the cat was climbing up my chair, and so I threw my hands behind me to grab him and didn't feel him. So I'm like, where is he? And I started feeling lower and lower and couldn't get him. And I'm like, is he above my hands? And I reached my hands up, and he freaked out and dropped off the chair. He was, like, here on the other side. Poor little Kenobi. (laughs) And just off camera. Yeah. (laughs) Vamp, vamp, I'm going to cut this. Family, fam, fam. <laughs> <laughs>